Hey everybody, welcome to the Bloody Awesome Movie Podcast. I'm John Burke, and with me from across the pond is Matt Hudson from whatiwatchtonight.co.uk. Matt, I would never cast you out, my friend. How are you doing today? The power of Christ compels you to listen to this oh. show more often. Uh, thanks for everyone for listening. Uh, my friend, I'm glad you wouldn't cast me out, because I would possess you like a, a demon from hell. As long as ah. it's, but I'd be one of those nice demons, like we're seeing more and more in horror films. They're getting a little bit too nice, JB, but um, I'm doing well. I'm doing well. Uh, doing. A, I've got a cup of tea ready to talk about tonight's film because I feel like I might need it. Uh, can't, nothing really to shout home about. I've been enjoying our horror movie havoc bracket, which we're going to be talking about later on. Really digging that. It's spooky season, same as last week, JB. I've got the pumpkin spice latte. I've got the maple hazel lattes. I've got the amaretto lattes. They've all oh, been man. coming out this week. It's been, I've been living the dream, the pumpkin cookies, my man. I'm all oh. over that. Um, but I know that you guys in the States like to uh, go large when it comes to seasonal offerings. So are you keeping Florida safe and well and keeping the festive treats going? Festive yeah, holiday. I'm, I'm- doing what i can um i i have a uh, pumpkin coffee but i made it from my <sighs> keurig machine it's not it's not from a store this it's time around enough. but um it, it is good enough i like it um i'm a big fan of pumpkin and uh i, w- I wouldn't mind a pumpkin cookie right now though i'm a little sad that i don't have starbucks a starbucks too oh man I, I i've had a lot of pumpkin stuff we had we went to a bakery the other day and got uh pumpkin whoopie pies um i believe oh, i sent you a picture of you did um, it's oh man, it was incredible. Um, they had this pumpkin cake there that we uh, like by the slice. Um, we I almost got the slice, and then I saw the whoopie pies, and I'm a big fan of a pumpkin whoopie pie. Um, but I might have to go back and get try a slice of that cake. Although it's the type of it's it's big enough where it's definitely meant to be shared. You know what I'm saying? Like it's a ah, it's I'm... a it's a meal. Um, well, for you guys, maybe uh, okay. in the UK, it'd probably be two meals. I was gonna say, yeah, it probably. I was like, you were just saying how big our portion sizes are. I thought you were going the other direction, I'm, but yeah, I'm here for that though, JB. When I come over to Florida, John is going to be disgusted at the amount I'll be packing away. So I've just warned everyone now. No, I would never be disgusted. I, I like to eat. I just try not to eat. Um, <laughs> you know, I mean, yes, I eat like a healthy. I, amount. I try to eat a healthy amount. Is what I mean to say. Like, yes, not, not too many calories. Yes, exactly. Um, I dig when it. I can I dig it. it. But uh, we're not here to talk about sweet treats, even though uh, it is that time of year. It's also that time of year for horror films, which you might have noticed that's been the trend on the podcast as we've been reviewing horror, not by like choice. I mean, it is by choice, but also that's what's been coming out. There hasn't been a lot of other uh, offerings in the last couple of weeks. We did skip the creator um, over choosing saw over it which i don't know if that was the right call or not um Uh, i liked saw more uh because i felt like there was a lot of things wrong with creator even though it's visually stunning Mm. gorgeous movie um that was not enough to uh pique my interest in the overall presentation of the story film isn't it lots of cool ideas but Mm -hmm. gareth edwards as much as i dig that guy never really seemed like he wanted to dive too deep into those themes but enough to be able to say look no no we're we're talking about these things the film needed a little bit more underneath the surface and the third act was a bit it it wasn't great but yeah stunning looking film at least so uh, i expect it to be in the oscar race at least for some visuals yeah yes agreed um again if it's the thing with that film is it might just be forgotten 
um, it does yeah. have that potential where come January, like people might be like, what movie? Oh yeah, I guess that came out. <laughs> um, but you know, this week, folks, the reason we're here now is, uh, well, we've been possessed, uh, so <laughs> to speak. Um, David Gordon Green's new film, The Exorcist, colon, Believer. Um, if you can believe it, listener, we're here to talk about this film. Uh, it's a film that is, you know, con- not controversial in the sense of um, it hasn't done anything, but it's controversial in the sense that there are definitely people who came to this film with a lot of baggage either for the franchise or for the filmmaker um Mm -hmm. and i think that definitely could play into some people's interpretation of it uh i might be accused of that if you've listened to our halloween kills and ends episodes um (laughs) i am not a big fan of this filmmaker especially after how i feel he butchered what started off as a promising Lega trilogy. I don't know if that's the correct phrasing for that, but um, you know, he Halloween 2018. I thought was incredible, uh, especially you know as a direct sequel to the Halloween film from John Carpenter that I love so so much. And then Kills came out, and I was disappointed. I was like, "What is going on?" And then Ends came out, and I'm like, well, "This isn't even in the same franchise." I guess I don't know what's happening. Yeah. So I went to Exorcist Believer with that in mind, but it's directed by David Gordon Green, as noted. Um, written by P- uh, Peter Sattler, David Gordon Green, Scott Teams. I'm sure some of those are uh, legacy credits because of the first mil- film. Um, and then, oh, Matt, I have no know if you've looked at IMDb's cast list, but that can't be the right order to say these in. Um, yeah. I'm going to skip the first one because I don't think that should be on this list uh, at all um, for several <laughs> reasons, to be honest. But uh, I'm going to go with... <laughs> Uh, if you look at IMDb, folks, just be be warned. I would say there's a spoiler immediately in the cast list, uh, in my m- opinion. Massive spoiler. Even um, well, it is. Yeah, it is a big spoiler. Yeah. It, it, at the same time, it's it's irrelevant because the movie is irrelevant. But we'll get to that. Jennifer Nettles is Miranda Leslie Odom Jr., who's the best part of this movie. Victor Fielding, Olivia O'Neill as Catherine Ann Dowd, um, who I love Ann Dowd all the time. She did not save this movie for me. Lydia Jewett, Raphael Sparge. Sparge, SB starting name. That's a unique. Uh, mm. Nor wait, what? Norbit Leo Butts. <laughs> yeah, yeah, Butts, isn't it? Yeah, but he's you. When you sign up for SAG, you get to choose your name. <laughs> what? What? <laughs> okay. Um, Ben Bladen, Chloe Trakos, EJ Bonilla, uh, and we'll stop there. That's I think that yes, is the major yeah, good players. Um. The synopsis from IMDb is uh, when two girls disappear with into the woods and return three days later with no memory of what happened to them. The father of one girl seeks out Chris McNeil, McNeil, sorry, who's been forever altered by what happened to her daughter 50 years ago. Main reason I jumped into this part of this process is I wanted to get to these scores to refer back to what I was just saying, that there's a lot of accusations being levied that some people just hate this movie, not because of the movie itself, but because of all of the stuff surrounding the movie uh, and again, nothing really controversial, just David Gordon Green and that this is a legacy sequel of a beloved horror film. Uh, Matt's favorite all-time horror film. Um, your favorite film. Your favorite film, correct. Sorry, yeah, it doesn't even need the, the qualifier of horror. Just favorite film. 24% RT score from critics. 58 RT audience. So still not a good score for the audience, but much, much kinder than the critic score. A 39 on Metascore, 5.2 IMDb user score, which is 
surprisingly lower than the RT audience score. Mm-hmm. And then Letterbox, I think this is one of the lowest Letterbox reviews, uh, ratings we've had as a review, which is 2.3. I, I can't think of one that has been that low for a while. At least. Not for um, a while. And we've, we've reviewed some not good movies this year. So it's, that's saying something, but, um, it's currently in theaters everywhere. As I, as I noted, I, I do. I think the exorcist is an incredible movie. I have seen two. I thought I'd saw three, but I guess I have not watched three. I watched two because I lost a, a one of our many competitions and Matt made me watch two. Um, <laughs> two's bad, but there's some interesting stuff happening in two that like, it's hard to deny. It's, it's on, I would say two is on the same level as Halloween ends where it like completely has I'm almost, ambitious. it's ambitious. It's weird. It, it almost has nothing to do with the story from the first film, mm-hmm. even though it absolutely does, but it's not trying to like, it's doing its separate adjacent story that's directly related, but also separate. It's a yeah. weird thing. I mean, I'm not saying Halloween it's ends should have been the next Halloween film. Yeah, with a few with a few things like the loriness and the Michaelness just taken out. Yeah, yes, pull that out, and then I'm I'm in. Like uh, I love season of the witch, um, which has no yes. Mike Myers, uh, but uh, you know, and it's also it's very campy and cheesy, but I I enjoy it every time I watch it. Um, I I I like this franchise, uh, but before we get into our review of the Exorcist Believer, do you want to give any qualifiers before we talk about it? Because I you have obviously the most connection to this franchise well it's, it's the best film of all time the original I've, I've always said it no no arguments no, no no comebacks um because first and foremost without going into it too much because you've all seen it it's the original it's it's a it's a drama film depending on which way you look at it if, if you if you view it through reagan's eyes it's a horror film if you view it, view it through Karis's eyes father Karis, jason miller which by all means you can and should do it's a full-on drama film and it's an arc right there good bad faith uh, losing your faith, finding your faith, good, evil, light, dark, all of these good stuff and more. It's it's a damn near perfect film. It is. Uh, the second one is ambitious, and that's and that's all I can say about it. It's one of the worst things I've ever seen. Uh, the third film's great. The third film's a psychological horror thriller, and in the last decade, it really, really has now seen a resurgence in popularity. It's a cult classic and more now. Third film, the third film is great really is um and then you've got the two sequel the two prequels which is hilarious paul schrader directed dominion which morgan creek watched and said this is incredibly boring you're fired let's get the uh, noted auteur rennie harlan in to do to reshoot the film for, for, with a new budget and similar actors selen skarsgård plays father merrin very well actually and then they redid the film put more horror in and put an exorcism scene at the end and lo and behold that film did badly as well. So in terms of the franchise, uh, first and third are great. The rest, not so much, but it's also, I also kind of think you never really needed a sequel to any of them, which is why the third one works so well, because the only real, well, no, the only real, yeah, well, that's spoilers. The only real returning character is, is Lieutenant Kinderman, you know, the cop from the first film, Father Dyer as well. Uh, but other than that, you're not, showing anyone you're not going to chris's house or you're not gonna see reagan that they mentioned the mcneil girl once perfect way to do a legacy sequel or a sequel where you just touch upon the events and move on so this is a franchise which isn't exactly steeped and known for great films it's not it, it you know what i mean it's, it's not batting at a great average but um two of them of course i very much enjoy and the other three yeah they're yeah so on to the next one 
yeah. So um, I went to this movie with a lot of trepidation. I was not expecting to like it, um, but I want to believe aha, mm-hmm. that um, I could have liked it. You know what I'm saying? Like, I don't feel like I ever go into a film set in my opinion. Um, yes. You know, there was, uh, I, I think proof of that is, I think the second trailer came out and you had said, oh, it's really good. And then I watched it and I was like, "You, it looks better. And you're like, oh, I wasn't expecting that from you because I had been very negative and, and mm-hmm. concerned about it. Um, but nothing for this, uh, about this movie worked for me. Um, even as much as I, I think Leslie Odom Jr. did uh, really well, I, I his character has no arc. Now, I think what is worthy to note is that this is a planned trilogy again, correct? Uh, yeah, well, yes, but words oh, coming out of the bird today may say differently. Oh, as in there well, maybe not three movies, or like that there's way well, more mean, than three movies. My understanding is somebody who's not on in the industry like that and doesn't know the ins and outs, but from industry, you know, kind of recognized industry confidants that when Universal paid four hundred million dollars for this franchise, it came with the guarantee that there will be three films. That is in the contract. You are making three films. Now, the word is today that they look the films. The films opened to about forty-four and a half million worldwide, which is a little bit more than they'd hoped for. It's made its production budget back. It's going to make money. Um, however, those critic and fan scores do not lie. The Universal have noted this down, and even David Gordon Green has come out in an interview with the Hollywood Reporter and said, "Yeah, look, if the film's going ahead in twenty twenty-five. I, I, I don't if they asked me to come back i'd be really up for it but for now you know let's just see what happens so the 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 understanding is that yeah they're going to make three films but i don't think the agreement was david gordon green had to be on all of them so he could potentially have a second film deceiver at what it's currently called may not have dgg at the helm so mm. yeah they're going ahead with that and original the original plan was First film was cinema, and then the next two would come out on Paramount Plus. That was the original plan when we first announced this. That's now that was now eventually changed to this Deceiver is going to be cinematic. But who knows? They'll make the money back, John, from from ticket mm-hmm. sales. They've got Halloween Horror Nights and and Miscellaneous much. They'll make four hundred million back in the coming years. But I don't know what the plan is going forward. They may shift up a little bit. Well, that if anything, that hurts. What I was about to say is that maybe Mm. this character doesn't have an arc because it's a planned arc over three movies, but clearly these three movies are not totally planned. Um, Well, the second one's written. The second script is in the can for the second one, so that is done. So my understand again, my my understanding is every film has been planned out, so they've got a start, middle, and end. The second film has a script which directly plays into this one. I still prefer they keep that. I will hold though that a movie, a character should arc in all three. It should not be hundred percent. Um, and a, a story should conclude. And, and while the general story concludes here, um, I think it drags a lot, uh, in this early part of this film. I'm like, we need to get to the point like a little faster. Like there's a lot of stuff that's just too much. Um, the choice, uh, a very questionable cho- choice setting the trauma in the Haiti earthquake in 2010. Um, at the opening of this film. I don't know if that was a, a good call. Like uh, there's so many things that even that setup and what, how that tr- they try to pay that off. I don't feel like any of their setups pay off in a meaningful or powerful way. 
and uh the fact that you have two children possessed by a demon um feels like i should have an investment and be mm-hmm. devastated and concerned and worried and i don't feel like they ever get any emotions set up um i i, I don't feel like this movie ever is scary or even the scenes that are supposed to be scary they don't feel like the atmosphere or the tone are established well enough and i had like the number of jump scares or like it, you would almost think this was a straight up just a blumhouse film the the mm-hmm. formula of like oh here's a jump scare that are not even like they're not real scares they're like they're like gotcha jump scares that are i, I find so cheap and lazy to write when you especially when you consider the source of this franchise that you're talking about one of the most atmospheric where like you're in a moment and it just feels dread in in the exorcist and i this movie does not elicit any type of feelings like that the only dread i felt was having to sit through the rest of the film like there were (laughs) moments where i was like rocking in my chair and i was at it was a public screening but it was mostly where i was sitting was all critics and I wasn't sure. Like, I'm like, am I the only one who's really irritated? And then I started hearing other grumblings and other people shuffling. And then when it ended, everyone was like, well, that wasn't what I was expecting or that wasn't good. And I'm like, oh, it wasn't just me. And I knew Big Tuna was also not vibing with it. Um, <laughs> like, I could have said that originally. And yeah, um, it, it, it's wild. Uh, the level of disconnect i had from this movie while watching it because it it, it's you know i i in my written review i compare this uh, phenomena of the exorcist to the phenomena of jaws that every movie that is about a shark is trying to be jaws even the ones Mm -hmm. that are being silly or over the top they're always going to have to reference the the first and while i'm not a hundred percent sure if the exorcist is the first full-on exorcism movie um I, to my knowledge, it is, and if it wasn't, it, it does set the the genre up, and like it escalates it where it becomes the standard. And every film that's featured in Exorcism has to pay homage to it in some degree. And I think by unless one ever is able to top that movie, it's always going to feel less than anyways. And this movie does not feel like it needs to be directly connected to that film this feels like uh i haven't seen a lot of the movies i'm about to name drop but the the exorcism of emily rose or the last Mm -hmm. possession or the really bad one from last year that was with a woman exorcist and that was supposed to be like a big deal but they didn't do a good job in the movie of actually making that a big deal um you remember what that was called the last exorcism uh, no, the last exorcism is quite good. Uh, oh, I know okay. which one you mean because we covered it on the show. And yeah, we I did. We particularly liked it. No, we did not. Bad hair day. I don't remember. It was terrible. I remember it was real bad. Pray it, for the devil. That's it. That's yeah. it. Pray for the devil. Um, I, I'm actually planning on watching the Pope's Exorcist at some point this year. Uh, I didn't see it in theaters, but every movie that does those things is not connected to the Exorcist. Still feels like it's connected to the Exorcist because. That's what set the bar. And this film, while it does have a literal direct character, Chris McNeil from the original film with the, with Ellen Burstyn returning in it's Burstyn, right? Yes. Okay. Um, returning to the role that it doesn't matter. It does not feel like a direct sequel or a reboot sequel or what we have dubbed as legacy sequels. It doesn't feel like that. And that's what I think is the most frustrating part It's like, why couldn't this have just been David Gordon Green's exorcism movie unrelated other than universal was counting on IP to 
make this the big blockbuster that they were hoping for, which it didn't. I know it's making money or whatever, but this is it's not the four hundred million dollar franchise that they bought. Um, I did. I will admit too, Matt. This is an important detail. When the Universal logo started at the beginning of this movie, I did go Dark Universe, um, hoping <laughs> hoping that that logo would spin and this would be like a, a backdoor. We're doing it again, um, but no, it, it did not. Uh, I'm but sorry. Yeah. You know, it would have been a funny twist because they've tried three times to start their dark universe and it it has failed every single time. Um, we are supposed to be getting the Blumhouse version of that with uh, we, with the Invisible Man being the start. But obviously, COVID really set that back. I'm still yeah. hoping we're getting that Ryan Gosling Wolfman at some point. Wolf but, um, but yeah, I I really, really didn't like it. I'm definitely in that 24 uh, percent or I'm, I guess I'm sorry. I'm in the 76 percent of critics who didn't like it. Um and I was really hoping that Matt would see reason and be on that side of it. Unfortunately, folks, I think Matt has a different read on this film than I do. So, Matt, go go into it, man. What defend believer? Tell me why you are a believer. I meant believer. A believer. I mean, it's hard to defend, which is a strange thing. But um, I I enjoyed the film, and again, I I, I actually remember saying I, I think it's going to be dross. It's not going to be great. What why are we doing this? But we'll go in open minded and hopefully get a good film. And I did. I I enjoyed. It. I don't think it's a great film by any means. I don't think it's a great film whatsoever. I think it's a good film. I've seen it twice now. Um, once at the press screen, the press event. Sorry, which was a lot of fun, and I. Uh, Took my mum to see it, who because she wanted to see it, and I wanted to see what she thought about it as well. Now, talking about the reaction, I will say that there was a uh, in the press section, which is ninety nine percent of when I went to, I, f- I saw a few people who I'm aware of coming out saying I thought it was okay. I didn't think it was that bad actually. Then went online the next day after other people had started putting their reviews out, and suddenly, suddenly that that okay had changed to this is terrible, this is abysmal. And I call on you all just to be honest with your reviews. We don't, the clickbait doesn't matter. You're not going to get any less clicks if you say it's good. I don't care. I, was, I said, I don't think it's perfect, but I think it's perfectly serviceable. Uh, and a lot of the concerns you have, though, I don't disagree with, JB. Like, the, the having this directly connected, this is the perfect film to not directly connect to the original. By that, I mean, you can still call it the Exorcist Believer, call it what you want. But it's been 50 years we don't need Chris McNeil in the film. I think the before she's introduced physically, how they reference her, uh, which is in the trailers, mm. that would have been good enough for me. Just a little nod, you know. There was somebody who once dealt with this. There's a there's a video on the internet, or there's a book or something, and that is it. That's all we need. There is your that is your connection. It's explicit, but it isn't bringing people in for the sake of it. And to start off on a negative, yeah, I think they wasted Ellen Burstyn. It's Ellen Burstyn, man. Oscar winner. should be two time, but Oscar winner, Ellen Burstyn. Wasted, and I'm sure we'll mention later the reasons why she actually did this film. Great reason to do it. But it's Ellen Burstyn. If you're going to get, if you're going to push so hard to get Chris McNeil in the film, God damn, use her better than you did. Um, but I, I do think there is a little bit of... Um, her piper a bit of ott-ness about some of these scores because i don't think the film is bad and i've said that before i don't think it's a bad film is it great no is it mediocre possibly i do think there's a lot of like you said jb there's a lot of people who just see the director and immediately write this off i, I know there's a lot of people who don't want to see it because it's another sequel and some people think it's a reboot because i'm seeing people say this is the worst film i've ever seen and 
come on. You, I, I wish I was in your position. If this is the worst film I've ever seen, I, I wish I was you guys because I wouldn't have seen many films. And I'm not even saying that as a franchise defender because I think the majority of the film in this franchise are cack and not good. But I do think there is a little bit of let's wait to see what the audience think before we put our reviews out. And I think thinks that's not great reviews. Mm. Now, about the film then, um, what is that? I, th- I think I actually think the first half of this film is 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 fantastic with the the missing girl angle and setting up what's going on. D- uh, Gordon Green, who I'm not necessarily going to defend. I, I, again, I also don't think he's the hack and the worst director in the world like other people do. This is, this is what I mean about odd um, reviews and criticism. I think the f- the original, the first part of the film, it starts similarly to the original with a uh, kind of like a prologue set, set elsewhere. I agree with you. Putting it in Haiti was maybe not the best idea. But then Gordon Green directly kind of he, he is influenced by the 73 the friedkin filmmaking where the um you know we've got long shots we've got establishing shots we've just got shots to set the tone of a blustery street with leaves going down fine the, the framing is very friedkin-esque at times uh, and the second half i actually thought that the exorcism and the finale was pretty killer other than one or two moments in it which they deviated from the uh, i think very good practical effects to deliver some unnecessary visual effects cg which you didn't need it didn't you just you, you, the original works so well because if you if you couldn't make it work on camera you don't do it and i think that's what they i wish gordon green had had that restraint here or morgan creek or blumhouse i think a lot of the problems with this film are blumhouse related i i really really do we heard about those test screenings which which apparently weren't great but I think a lot of it is press screening. Uh, not press screening is um is, is I was reading that off my notes. A lot of that is studio because I think the issue is modern audience want scares. They want the nun, which is make nun two, which is making a quarter of a billion worldwide, which is wild. <laughs> they want you know they modern audiences. They want to see naughty words. They want to hear that. They want to see gore. And I cannot believe that audience would have flocked to see this film if it was a drama focusing on a priest suffering with his lack of faith. People say they want it. Had they released it, the same people would be saying this is boring, or it's the same as the original. And you know, Paul Schrader's Dominion attempted it, boring. The studio mandated that and said we want an exorcism. We've got Rennie Harlan. They did it. Morgan Creek did it with the third film. William Peter Blatty directed it. There was no exorcism, so they said, "Well, we're going to give you two million quid, put an exorcism in the end of it." And he he fought for it not to be in there. Who's the studio? Morgan Creek. It's a Morgan Creek thing. There is a character in this film of a religious um, persuasion who is in it. And then later on in the film, he turns up and he ain't in it anymore. It is a reshoot thing for me. It's a Morgan Creek. It's Scott teams, the writer. It's a studio thing. I think they, I don't think some of these things were in there. I think they've put certain moments in it, which we can mention in spoilers because that's what people expect. Like you said, JB, people expect these sort of things now in a film like exorcism. And I think the film works better without it. Um, so I, I think the practical effects are good. I think the visual effects are good. I think the music does do a lot of heavy lifting in this film, which it never did in the original. There are moments, I think the soundtrack's very good. I listened to it on Spotify, but in context of the film, it doesn't always work. Sometimes it feels a bit lifetime. Other times it feels like too in your face. And that's not what, a, the music of one of these films should be doing um 
So I think the I think like you, Leslie Odium Jr. is really very good in this. I think the two girls deserve a lot of credit. I think yeah. they're really very good. Yes, yeah, I don't mean to uh, imply that they're not good by not mentioning them. I also just didn't feel like I don't know. I felt like a lot of their their work was their scenes felt cheesy to me more so than what they were doing. Like I thought they were doing great with the material, but I just really didn't like the material around a lot of their sequences. No, I dig it, my friend. I I, I get it. Um, I think what they're given is they do a good job. I think they're creepy in that third act. I think they get the their visual cues and how, you know, how to contort and how to pull what faces to pull and all that kind of stuff. I think they're, they're really quite good. The, the, the film does elevate one above the other. And I do think, like you say, that hurts the overall narrative in a dramatic sense here, but, um, and there, and there are also characters who come and go. And I, I'm like, what, what's your, I know why you're here. I know why you're here. And I know why you're here in the finale, but I'm not sure of your name. So there's a lot of that things. And I told John off air like last week, we had a great discussion about the film, but, but the biggest thing about this film, which wound me up is things went from A to B to C to D too quickly because they needed to. So, you know, this happens, girls go missing. And then not long after through a sense of montages, they're back. Chris Mc, and this is no spoilers. Here's a book about Chris McNeil. Next thing, they've met next thing she's where she is kind of bit click 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 there's no there's no the film doesn't breathe the, and i don't like comparing it to the original but because it is a direct continuation of that story you can't help it you, you have to that original film worked so well and that in the first hour and a half almost it's, it's you get it's very slow interspersed with moments of just absolute chaos and it's I didn't feel that here. So whilst I didn't mind the atmosphere, I didn't mind it visually. I think it looks good. I liked the performances. It needed to be scarier. And by that, I'm mean, like, yeah, I mean, atmospherically and tonally, I don't need necessarily need the demons to be spewing that kind of cliche over the top uh, curse words, which other films have done. I would like the demons to be a bit nastier throughout, but then like we'll mention the spoilers. The demons do do some pretty horrible things whether or not in the context of the film or the choices are great. When you, when I step back and look at it, I think that wasn't very nice. And that was really, really cruel and evil. I get it, but it felt a little bit too restrained for me, JB. You, you can mm. do, this is going to sound awful as a horror fan. You can do a legacy sequel with Halloween because the original Halloween has got no depth. There's no nuance to it. I'm sorry, Carpenter and the rest of it. Very good film, but it's, it's a basic slasher elevated yep. by a collection of variables um but with with something like the exorcist which isn't a horror film you can't just give a an average to mediocre exorcism film and expect that to be good enough so i'm i'm not surprised by the some of the reactions like the 58 on critic uh, sorry uh audience score on rc that's what i'd expect the critic score to be that's what i did expect it to be so i'm not surprised but it's disappointing because I think the first hour of this film, or bef- really before we get the legacy sequels introduced, uh, characters introduced, sorry, I think this film is really quite strong because it's its own thing. When the film is its own thing, I think it's strong. But if you're going to tell me that for the next film, they might line up um, somebody like yeah, Mike Flanagan, Ari Aster, maybe, or the uh, director of like, The Babadook and The Nightingale, Jennifer Kent, 100% sign me up for something like that because that then changes the. Uh, tone completely but 
I don't think I think the studio will stick with David Gordon Green because I think they they just want to establish a, t- a tone and a style. Do they go to Star Wars sequel trilogy and get different directors in, different feel feeling films with no connection? I don't know. This is this a franchise John that needs a four films or a three film trilogy now? Absolutely no, it's not. But they've set it up. I'm intrigued to see where it goes. I think the title of the new the next film gives an awful lot away, but I think so whilst I enjoyed it for many reasons, mainly technical, uh, I also did like um, some of the evilness and the cruelness of it. I can't get my head around, though, uh, the idea that lots of people are saying, you know, the film is one of the worst films ever and it needed to be slower because if this film is slower, then people will then say, it's boring. We didn't see anything. And I've seen a lot of people as well saying, well, why didn't we see this happen? Why didn't we see that happen? Why didn't we see what happened to the girls in the world? Blah, blah, blah. In the original, we we never saw what happened to Burke Dennings in the original when he had his head turned around. We never saw Captain Howdy possess Reagan. We didn't see anything. The devil, the detail was the devil, literally. And I'm not going to sit here and say that comparatively, these films are the same as the original. But there's a a lot of pearl clutching when it comes to, well, we should have seen this. We should have seen the girls get possessed. Why? We, we, if, if we're following that first film, none of that happened. Nothing happened until the end, other than those major moments in between, like the crucifixion scene, uh, and then uh, like beating, beating around the, the doctors. It was all about the character. They did not get that here for me. A lot of the stuff around it worked for me, but I'm, I'm not going to lie, I wanted more. I don't think this is the worst film of the year. I don't think this is terrible by any means. I also find it odd that I'm going off on my Saw X. We mentioned last week. People really liked the first half because it was different. And then when it became a, a standard bog average Saw film in the second half, people are saying it's one of the best films of the year. It's no different here. The film starts differently and then it becomes your bog average horror film. Then this is the worst film of the year. I don't understand it. I think a lot of baggage is tied to this and for better or worse. However, I'm not going to defend the film and say it should be hundred percent. I I think it's a good film. I don't think it's a great film. It's got flaws all over the place, but I came out satisfied enough knowing that we're supposed to have two more films, but yeah, final point. I agree with you, John. This just also has to work as a standalone film. And whilst it definitely does, is it as tightly wound up as it could be? No, it's definitely leading into another film. Now the wait is on to see what that second film looks like. And I don't know. So we'll see, but I, I didn't hate it at, at, at all. Not to be a total contrarian to Matt, um, but I do have this as my worst official 2023 release right now. It's just big tuna. Uh, it, it, I know. Um, <laughs> tuna and I both though, uh, to be fair, um, I, knew hate it. <laughs> I, I would say like insidious, the red door hypnotic, and 65 Jesus. are like right there like they're all like very i can't believe all of those were this year by the way they're like all i'm like oh those were all terrible um, damn yeah 65 was uh, yeah um yeah 65 and somehow 65 got a huge bump when it came out on netflix people are like oh it's good i'm like no it is not yeah, it no, is not good well, do, um, do you know who wrote insidious to red door uh it, no scott teams the guy who wrote this film oh. Well, he, he wrote two movies I don't like this year. Um, oh, yeah. Um, and I, again, this one probably got a bigger 
knock because of all of the stuff, as I mentioned, around it um, compared to Red Door. Like, Red Door is probably not... I have it as a one-and-a-half-star movie, and I have this as a one-star movie. Maybe I was too nice to Red Door. Maybe I was too harsh on Exorcist Believer. Either way, that is the way I, I the cookies You're have feeding. crumbled for me. Yeah, I, 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 wanted, I wanted more, but uh, I didn't get it. I don't think it is... I, I, I respect John's opinion because we had a proper um, rooting to in discussion about it last week, like we have now. So I know John's thoughts behind it, but I, yeah. for people saying this is the worst film I've ever seen, come off, come on. Yeah, it, <laughs> I, serious, I wouldn't. Guys, come on. I wouldn't put it that far. Um, I like Halloween ends exists. <laughs> yeah, I mean, uh, there's like Dark Phoenix, um, and uh, there are movies that are just like absolute messes, and not like we're not even getting into like the ones that are so bad they're good, like The Room or uh, Troll Two, right? Those are those mm-hmm. are definitely worse movies than this yeah. because they don't Winnie even the see blood like and movies. honey came out this year remember that what? guys winnie the out? pooh blood and honey oh i forgot. see i i skipped that because everyone said it was so bad um yeah. that is actually just really bad it's low budget though uh but yeah this this movie for a, a huge studio release i find it uh unacceptably bad at times um and again obviously you don't feel that way but I, I have arguments that I will make um, and have made and uh, even wrote um, that I, I'm just absolutely flabbergasted that this movie exists uh, in a lot of ways well, because I don't, it. I doesn't need to. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I see clear lines where it would make sense to, and they took none of those paths and it's just like, well, why even do it then? Like, if you're not going to take the obvious, like I'm all for a swing that's that's different but it does this doesn't feel like it's a big swing nor does it feel like it's doing what it should have done so it's like well what is this and that's to me more frustrating is it just feels like it's it's we we put a name that people will hopefully give us their money for with no real love no real ideas no real substance behind any of it and that's that's far more frustrating to me than a legitimately like even like I can't even make the argument for Pooh, Love and Honey because it's like, well, the, the only reason why that exists is because they wanted to do something with Winnie the Pooh because it went public domain. That's but um, had that been like a labor of love, right? And it was still like bad or cheesy. At least it was a labor of love. Like that's the one thing I will argue with the room. Tommy Wasau put his heart into that freaking movie. Is it terrible? Mm-hmm. Yes. But you can tell he was trying really hard to make something. Um, and it's that's where I think we, we kind of take like we step back and go, ah, is this terrible? Yes. But did, d- is it made with love? Yes. Is it made from maybe a crazy person with love? Yes. But oh, nevertheless, <laughs> but this feels shallow as shallow can be as, as yeah. it is. And I didn't feel that way with 2018 Halloween. I do feel that way with. I really I enjoyed that. Yeah. I think there's, there's a clear love of the original in that 2018 movie that mm-hmm. feels like it goes away in kills and, and uh, especially in ends ends feels mm-hmm. like they, it's almost like we don't know why we're making a third one in this franchise. We should have just did something <laughs> else. Got but I think there was passion here though, when it's his own thing. And that's the thing is it could have been its own thing. If they didn't rely so heavily on the, the Laurie Strode and like Texas Chainsaw Massacre, bringing Sally Hardesty back or the character, you don't need to and i think for me the film could have been i don't want to say it's extremely good i wanted it to be if they'd stuck to the three girls in the woods missing they'd elongated that a little bit more then when they come back that is the story it's then its own film it's connected tangentially to the first film but it is its own thing and so that's that's the most frustrating thing for me is they tried 
I think, and again, I'm not backing this up with any pure evidence other than my own eyes and knowledge of Morgan Creek. I think that's what originally the film was going to be, but they mandated we have to have things happen that we expect to see in a film like this, which is more spoiler talk. And I think that's what hurts the film. They had the chance to make something fresher, and I think they dropped the ball, but I still enjoyed it for what it's worth for the most part. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Well, folks, that is our spoiler-free review of The Exorcist, colon, Believer. We'd love to hear your thoughts, so feel free, reach out to us, tell us uh, what you liked, what you didn't like. Are you in that high percentage of audience? Are you in that low percentage where people are like, nope, this stinks? (laughs) Those guys. But let's move on to our next segment, Shocked Headlines. This is normally movie or pop culture news that caught our attention but instead we're talking of our own news we're making our own headlines we are not just reading the papers or the tabloids we're looking to make our own impact on the world by participating in a tradition that's become a tradition at least the last few years of people watching a bunch of horror movies in october we figured why not take the madness of march and put it into october and call it horror movie havoc we've made a bracket Matt's picked 15 movies, I picked 15 movies, and then we got a 16th or a 31, 31st, 31 movie, um, and we put them up against <laughs> each other. We are several, uh, We, if you want to hear the whole bracket or all of our movies, you can go to last week's episode where we reviewed Saw X. We talk about the bracket and all the movies on it. This week, we're just going to talk about the wins since last week, because Matt, his movies are dominating the bracket right now. I think I'm only going to have maybe four that move to the second round. Um, I so apologize. Which is, it's okay. Uh, I I was picking um, movies that I had seen, but also several that I hadn't seen and uh, that were, that looked interesting to me. And so far I'm not disappointed with my picks. Like I have That's enjoyed good. most of my picks. I also understand why other people maybe wouldn't vote over the picks that you have had with the exception of maybe one or two, but Mm -hmm. uh, we're recording this on October 10th. So we are up to uh, the host versus magic. Uh, We have that. The results of that are in. So the one that's now live is terrified versus revenge, um, which is going to come down to the audience because it's a split vote. Matt and I are on opposite ends. Um, Even though again, even when I voted against mass movies, I don't think you've had one on here that I've hated. Um, yeah, vice versa, same. I, that, especially for Terrified and Revenge, I'd seen that previously when it came out a few years back, and it's a it's it's a bloody film, but it's a really good revenge flick. It's it's our, our votes generally aren't because well, this my my film's better because I chose it or or Matt or John's films are awful. It's generally come down to fine lines of, you know, what do yeah. we get out of it? What do we literally, what did we enjoy more out of two good films? And for those who, who weren't there, these are based on films available on shudder based on the letterbox rating. That's all like Sean said described last week. So that's how we came up with our, uh, with our funky bracket. Yeah. There, I will say uh, from my own picks, 
Color Out of Space doesn't. It's not a type of movie I generally vibe with. Uh, I didn't mm-hmm. know that when I picked it. Um, I like Cage. Uh, it, it's not bad, but there are things in it that I'm like, I need more information about this, and I don't understand why this is there. It's a little too abstract, I think, for my. I I like a solid, tight narrative, and I like movies that follow rules. I yeah. don't think it breaks its rules. I just don't think it establishes rules. And that's part of the story. But it kind of always keeps me like on edge because I'm like, I need to know what's happening. And you're not explaining things and I don't like it. So, um, yeah, but uh, overall, I've, I, I don't think there's anything on here that I, uh, I haven't enjoyed a little bit. But so um, since we last recorded, we've had Lake Mungo versus the Crazies uh, with everybody voting for Lake Mungo, um, which like, is such a, such a creepy film. film. Yeah, I I really need to rewatch it because I watched it for Movie Club a few years ago. I I I kind of went off my own ratings from that, and I don't remember it well enough. Um, I I I think it's one of those things. If I watch like thirty seconds of it, I'd be like, oh yeah, okay, I remember why I did, why I like this or whatever. But it's um, creepy as hell. I remember some of the scenes are stuck with me since watching it. So uh, I like the crazies, good film, but Lake like Monday yeah. had an effect that hasn't has, I still haven't shook years later. Um, next up was Goodnight Mommy versus Color Out of Space. As I mentioned, I immediately was like, well, Matt's is going to win this one because I'm not voting for <laughs> Color Out of Space. Um, I also, the name, I, every time I say that name, I'm like, am I saying it wrong? Like, am I missing a word? Is it Color well, I, I Out of Space? It. I thought, is that right? But no, it is right. Color Out of Space, HP Lovecraft film. Um, I've seen it. It's Again, it, it's fine, visually funky, but Goodnight Mommy is, is a German horror film. But that's... That's got some weight behind it. There was a remake That's, recently, which is fine, but it, this was always going to win for me. Yeah, and I, I watched that one not too long ago. Uh, I think maybe last October I watched it. Um, and yeah, it stuck with me too. So I was like, well, that's an easy pick. Um, this next one, though, uh, was a tough one, although everybody yeah. did vote for mine. Uh, this is the first time I won. Um, uh, I I bought The Autopsy of Jane Doe like three years ago, I think. I, mm-hmm. I think that's right. Um uh, I, I had not watched it. Uh, I was really into that movie. Um, the cinematography is really great. I don't always like Emil Hirsch, and I loved him in this He's movie. Great. Him and Brian um, Cox are so good. Right. They're tremendous together. Um, I I was very surprised at how much I enjoyed this. I also I, I like the medium. Uh, oddly enough, we have a few, uh, two movies, I think, um, at least two movies on this list that are pseudo-documentaries. Mm-hmm. Yep. And uh, for a half a second with the medium, I actually thought you'd pick the documentary. I was like, oh, my God, Matt picked the documentary. Yeah, and then subversive, but <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, but despite it being very good, I, I do think it outstays its welcome a little bit. Um, I think there's a stretch where it could have trimmed a lot out. Um, but it's got some also it, it changes style at some point where we get like security footage and it feels a little paranormal activity kind of mm-hmm. vibe where I just thought, so if you had told me David Fincher directed Autopsy of Jane Doe, I probably would have believed you because it has a Fincher vibe visually. I think like a lot of the look of the film and the the type of camera that we're getting feels like a Fincher, like precision type uh, storytelling, which I just always seem to click with. Um, So that was why I voted for that one. It was easy pick for me. Yeah, no, I, I, I guess another film I watched in a year that it came out being a horror head and, I thought it blew me away when I first saw it because it just sometimes in the horror genre, you get a film, which it sneaks up on you out of nowhere. It sounds pretty trite or, Oh, and it's, there's an autopsy. Something weird's going to happen. Uh, 
But the way that, you know, pun intended, they peel back the layers of the mystery here <laughs> is done so well and so intricately. It's shot so well. I think it's Andre Ovidal directs this. Yeah. Uh, the performances are great. And yeah, the, 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 the creepy factor we're talking about, it wasn't there in Believer. You know, the autopsy of Jane Doe is a creepy film. It really yeah. gets underneath your skin. And the medium, that's a Thai horror film going international again. And that's a, I think it's a great film. Uh, mm-hmm. But yeah, it, it overstays its welcome by 15 minutes, maybe. Uh, something like The Autopsy of Jane Doe. It's so snappy and so uh, taut that, uh, that I had to go with it. That one had a clean sweep to finally give John his first victory. And the next uh, one in the bracket, JB, was it was the Mortuary Collection versus the Babadook. And the Babadook, a very well-respected horror film coming out of Australia, up against a uh, Shudder original uh, anthology horror anthology with Clancy yeah. Brown. I love me an anthology. I love a horror anthology. Of course, it's got to be good. But I, it's something about a horror anthology at this time of year. You think Trick or Treat. You think VHS works mm-hmm. for me. So when I watched the Mortuary Collection, really enjoyed it. It's a lot of fun. Um, it doesn't take itself too seriously at times. Very, it gets a bit yeah. OTT. But I had a great Clancy's time. Really with good it. in it, man. I, I, Clancy's I really like Clancy. Clancy's having a ball, man. That's what. That's yeah. the Clancy I like as well. But then. The Babadook, again, we're talking about the ecosystem, what Believer could have been. We're similarly to Hereditary, we're now looking at grief, we're looking at trauma, we're looking at a drama with horror inflections to it. So well written, Essie Davis is so damn good in this film. So good. I know a lot, in recent years, the Babadook is, you know, people are recontextualising it as, oh, it's not that great, really. It's, It's a bit boring, it's OTT. The Babadook wasn't my film, but it got my vote because every time I watch it, I am drawn in to the story thematically, to the layers, to the subtext that's going on here. As much as I l- really dug the Mortuary Collection, great fun film for this time of year. I had to go for the Babu Duke, John. Yeah, like I, I same no no shade at the Mortuary Collection whatsoever, but uh, the Babu Duke to me is just one of those pieces of horror that it, it elevates the genre, and it, not in that trite elevated genre talk that we mm-hmm. are getting now. Um, but it, it is one of those movies that is it's creepy, it's unsettling, and yet it's saying so much. It's such an allegory for grief and yeah. trauma um, that there's so many layers to peel back. And the more I've seen The Babadook, the more I am impressed by it. Plus, I think while maybe the creature isn't the most terrifying, I think the creature design of The Babadook is incredible. It's one of those icon- you know iconic images um, and I do think a lot of the pushback against that film is uh, the Babadook was, I don't know if you know this, Matt, but was um, picked up as a gay icon. Uh, yeah. there's, there's a lot of love in in that community. And I think that you're going to have pushback against something because of that. Um, yeah. And that's yeah. terrible. But I, that's I, I, obviously, I don't know. Someone might have another reason for disliking it. I just the fact that it was so loved and then that icon was made and then now suddenly there's pushback. It's like, mm, things mm. go hand in hand sometimes. Sometimes, yeah. well, things and things become, we, we, we can be guilty of this sometimes. Things can sometimes become so popular or so revered where yes, you're almost trying to knock it down a peg or two, but uh, I, I, I don't know what it is, that. JB. But yeah, so for yeah. the second, second bracket in a row, I went with your pick, John. So mm-hmm. look, look, look again, if anyone's listening, I am changing sides here. And um, well, surprisingly though, the social results, JB, yeah, or the mortuary collection, I would say a lesser known anthology in in overall versus the Babadook. Well, because it's a Shudder original too, right? It's a Shudder original, yeah, exactly. Yeah. It's not, uh, which the VHS films are, but they get pushed each year. Um, surprisingly, the social results were a draw. 
but it was it was yeah. unsplittable. It wasn't it wasn't Twitter said one, Instagram said the other. No, no, both finished at fifty fifty. That's so wild. somehow the, the socials couldn't be uh, split. And again, maybe that plays into some of this kind of newfound so, dislike of the Babadook. The next one though is what Josiah saw, which I think also a Shutter original. You need a lot of Shutter yes, originals. Um, yeah, and, it real. uh, dead and buried, which is an eighties beloved film with Robert England in there. Yeah. I voted for what Josiah saw because I think it is a similar to Babadook. I think it's a better made movie, right? Like I think there's a lot of stuff going on there. Uh, there's a lot of layers. I actually really love the narrative structure of that film, how it's, yep. um, told in three very distinct parts where it almost feels like an anthology in a way. Um, because if you were to just show me each of those fil- well, the first two, if you just show me the first two, those feel very like you could just watch them and stop. Like you get a general idea and how they all tie in together at the end. I was, I found very satisfying in terms of storytelling. I also, mm-hmm. there are some major elements of the movie that I do not like that. I'm like, why is that the thing? Like, I don't because know if that needs to be the thing. Um, but nevertheless, I, I could not give it to Dead and Buried. I think Dead and Buried has some pretty awesome practical effects, even though sometimes it looks very dated. Like, you're like, oh, well, that looks like a mannequin. And probably the HD doesn't help anything. Uh, but I, st- I I enjoyed Dead and Buried. I thought it was like, it felt like a really good 80s, like, horror film. Um, but I couldn't, I couldn't sit here and argue that it deserved my vote more than what Josiah saw. So even though I am actively not, uh, I, I never meant for it to be like you versus me the way that you've made it, but um, <laughs> you made it that last week. Uh, uh, well, um, Matt has uh, <laughs> is is most likely going to crush me because the later picks. Because if you don't know this listener, the way this works is his number one went up against my number like fifteen. Um, and that's how it goes. So my number one should like, oh, it should crush. I didn't like my number one, so I can't even <laughs> vote for it. So like, I'm it so was surprised it, by what your number one is compared to what you've actually got on the your picks. Well, remember, so I didn't. We did not pick our rankings. Our rankings are based on their letterbox yeah, no, yeah. rating. So the movie I picked is a Warner Herzog film. So it's got a high, <laughs> you know, that cinematic regard. But for me, it's like this is boring and dull. I don't understand why people like this type of vibe. Um, I, I also I, I can't help you with that. Yeah, I see the filmmaking. Uh, Herzog is obviously a brilliant filmmaker, and like the set design, and blah blah blah. That's not enough for me, folks. I like the holistic movie approach. I need all of it to gel together in a way that feels satisfying. And if that one didn't, so spoiler for, I did not vote for my own movie for the number one. <laughs> see, oh, but um, so oh, yeah, what I saw also swept though, our, our uh, social polls, you guys also must've liked that movie. Um, mm-hmm. Lots of, there's some elements of psycho in it that I obviously will click and pick up on. Um, there's some elements of game of Thrones in it, which I didn't pick up on. Um mm-hmm. I I thought it was great. I, I, I yeah. Again, it's a film that I saw in 2021 when it came out. I got oh. a screener for it because I'm on the Shudder list, so I've, got, I've been getting their films for years. Uh, some are bloody awful, and some are very good. And I think what Josiah saw, okay, for the reasons you mentioned, I don't want to harp on. Then is is a really very good film. There are problematic moments, or they're not problematic moments, but they're moments where. They, they, you know, they, they go there, and it's going to test people's tolerance. It's going to test your, uh, uh, your conviction somewhat in in the narrative. But I, I enjoyed. It. I think it's really good. Dead, Dead and Buried is a cool, it's a fun eighties action flick, a uh, horror film. Sorry, action eighties horror film was called all those um, delicious eighties conventions that I love. But 
some sometimes you got to go with what you enjoy, or sometimes you go with what what was a better film for many reasons. And I think what Josiah saw is a is a better film overall. When I got more out of it, sometimes you know what what do I feel an hour later, half an hour later, two hours later? Am I still thinking about that film, or am I too busy yeah. moving on to whatever I'm doing next? And I got more with what Josiah saw, JB. Well, last the last finalized one is uh, Host versus Magic. I liked Host when I saw it. Now this is a it's a COVID film, um, yes. very much embedded Zoom. in the, that time. I believe that even the setup of the film is that they are doing a Zoom meeting because of COVID. If I remember, that's correctly. right. Yep, that's right. It's a say um, a Zoom seance because of COVID. Yes. Uh, I, to me, at this point, I kind of view it as this weird relic, and I I I I kind of wrote it off a little. Not in a bad, like, I still think it was well-made, but I also think, I'm like, this wouldn't exist if not for the circumstances, right? Like, so it's this curio of a time that was troubling and upsetting. It's well-made, and it's well-executed. I I think it works better than Unfriended, uh, but it's closer to, like, Unfriended, the dark web. I still don't, I still think the best computer screen movie is Searching, um, and I think Missing would be number two, and Host would be, like, the third one behind it. Um, But Magic... Uh, I had I thought I had seen magic. Um, I I had not. Uh, it's it's Anthony Hopkins, or but you know twenty years almost, or well I guess fourteen 13. years yeah, uh, before Silence of the Lambs, and um, an early early Hopkins. Uh, I think he's tremendous in it. The puppet apparently is the inspiration for Slappy from the Goosebumps yeah. book and stories, because um, it's now been a TV episode and a movie episode, and then a, another show i think has got slappy in it now on disney plus which i haven't watched the new goosebumps but i think that's out there i haven't seen it yet yeah um but i uh man um i found this like uh, uh, good in so many ways i thought the performances were really good i thought um and uh is ooh, i'm gonna forget her name and margaret and margaret who is i thought tremendous although her character is poorly written as a it is a 70s female character who has no agency whatsoever <laughs> um but uh, the way the movie plays out, I was kind of on the edge of my seat. Not it's scared, but like, like, oh wait, what's the story here? What's what's really happening? And I, I enjoyed all of that, so it was easy for me to give it to Magic. Um, I, I thought it was going to be more along the lines of Dead Silence, the the one of the few James Wan films I actually like. Um, and it's not though. Obviously, uh, Dead Silence I think takes some inspiration from Magic, but Dead Silence yeah, yeah. is doing its own thing. Um. Magic, uh, though, I think is worth... If you haven't seen it, folks, it's on Shudder. You should watch it. Um, I, I voted for that, but uh, apparently, maybe recency bias, maybe uh, because we all lived through COVID, hosts got <laughs> not only Matt's vote, but the social vote, and it has won. Uh, so I think Magic, a classic, maybe not seen enough horror film. Um, there you go. That's, uh, that's where we're at, but... Um, we'll see how the socials go for terrified versus revenge. Uh, I got to say, I'm okay with either winning. Cause I also, I thought terrified was one of the more generally creepy films we have, we've had on this list, but like mm-hmm. where images of it, like stayed with me afterwards. And I was like, wow, that, that movie really got to me at times. Um, which has not been the case for a lot of the ones I've watched. A lot of them. I've been kind of like, okay, okay. It's good. It's mm-hmm. just not like, it's not scary to me or it's not unsettling where terrified. I'm like, uh, the, the name's living up to it. I, there were moments where I was like generally freaked out watching it. So, um, good on you. Terrified. 
he was terrified uh yeah i went for host versus magic it's a tough one i didn't realize magic was directed by richard attenborough i only found yeah, out dude whilst yes, Wild, he didn't right? know either. yes i didn't um um he you know no, he spared no expense as uh <laughs> as jurassic park didn't but uh yeah i i really like magic i don't know i think it's because my love of slappy the goosebumps uh character as a kid and then I think Dead Silence is pretty good. I, I do like a creepy puppy ventriloquist film. And I think this I, is a very good film. Yeah. I didn't know Attenborough had directed period, but he also directed Gandhi and Chaplin, which yeah, blew yeah, my yeah. mind. With I was like, yeah, what? Yeah. No, yeah, no. He's, clue. I, he's grandpa Jurassic Park. What's happening? What are we talking about here? Uh, he's the old happy guy from Jurassic Park. Um, a very Magic, different character from the one in the book, mind you too. Like, Hammond in the book is different. terrible, but <laughs> and he doesn't make it out of that book either. Spoiler for the book. No, um, fair. Yeah. Mad Magic is a, I think Magic is a very good film, but there's something about hosts that gets me. It certainly isn't lockdown nostalgia. Though people I speak to recently really did quite enjoy that first lockdown. Oh man. But um, I don't think it's an ingenious little film. They, like you said, it wouldn't exist without the lockdown. However, um, the the guys over there, Jed, and uh, I forget the director's name, but um, I've spoken to Jed a few times now who produced this film, but, and that's not why I've picked it, but it's just a really snappy 80 minute film, which makes the most of it. It's not entirely original premise of, like you say, of this, the the kind of one screen almost shot, but I think the effects are really well done. I think it's, I think it's genuinely creepy and the, the spontaneity, because a lot of it was, done on the spot there's not really a script for this thing it's just four girls you chat and then obviously the uh, the the stunts had to be choreographed and set up but some of them are also dropped on them as well so some of the reactions you see are real i don't think it's a i don't think it's a really gnarly 80 minute horror film which uh surprised me i, I thought it was going to be a bit of a gimmick but when i watched yeah. it i don't know damn i i am in so i dug it so it got the win for me and it was a social poll, which, like JB said, maybe recency bias, which tipped it over the edge. So at this point, uh, I am seven to two up officially. Um, Terrified versus Revenge. Really liked Revenge. Really liked Terrified. Terrified is my kind of film, John. The atmosphere, the really kind of chilling visuals, the creepiness. Uh, so it's up to you guys. By the time this episode comes out, the, the, the votes may be gone. But if you're listening in the past somehow you can sway this but we've still got um five or six more by the time this episode comes out for you to vote we'd love for you to vote we'd love for you to get your voices heard on our instagram stories and our twitter polls get involved because now we're getting to the business end and we've got some we've got some big horror films coming up in the next yep. week on our bracket and of course leading up to the first ever bamp horror movie havoc winner which will be announced on halloween but we've got this going all the way up until Halloween, so please do get involved, guys. And watch these movies on Shutter, guys. Hell yeah. Uh, not a sponsor. Not a sponsor. Sponsor us. That said, let's get to media consumption. These are movies, TV, video games, music, podcasts, that uh, not ours, that we've been watching to pass the time. Uh, like last week, we're going to kind of speed through this because the episode's running yes, a little sir. long. Um, but, Matt, you get to go first this week. What have you been do? What have you been consuming since the last time we recorded? Uh, my consumption is for podcasts. I've listened to Nightmare on Film Street because they spoke about Goosebumps, the the haunted mask episode that um, premiered to three million people when it came wow. out, which is insane. Uh, and I remember those stories of such fondness. I had all the books. I collected them all. I loved it when 
the the series came out and the music dun, 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 the dog with the green eyes oh yeah Hayden Christensen you've got Ryan Gosling they're all in these shows guys oh wow they? Um, yeah, they're in the little, they're little versions of them are in these, a lot of these episodes. Um, so they were speaking about that and that was fun because generally they'll speak about uh, actual films and stuff. And obviously, but with what's going on at the minute, the schedules are changing. So we spoke, they spoke about goosebumps, really enjoyed that. Got a nice hit of nostalgia for films. Uh, in terms of the horror movie havoc, I watched terrified, which is spoken about. I watched the medium, which we just spoken about. Uh, I watched VHS 85, the new anthology film on Shudder. Again, we're not sponsored by Shudder, though we go on about them enough. We're not sponsored. But VHS 85, really liked uh, VHS 94 and most of the ones they've come out with. And this one is okay. I think it starts strong, but it tapers off. And I've seen a lot of other commentators saying that this one doesn't stick to the rules of the franchise, which is something I know JB isn't a fan of. And, and it is true. There are creative and technical decisions which stray outside of the uh the formula and you can do that of course you know change the formula up but you, you kind of still need a bit of that dna and i think it's missing in some of this and i just think some of the stories aren't quite as strong despite a really strong stable of directors so vhs 85 definitely worth your time stick it on over spooky season and it's absolutely gonna uh give you the heebie-jeebies but i think the, the last uh maybe the last two installments have been stronger uh i watched and i know jb did as well um i watched uh, so i'll save this one to last actually uh, i watched flora and son on apple tv uh, i know jb had mentioned that one before it is directed by the guy who did john carney who did uh sing street and many many others and it's, it's i found it to be a very nice film very it's very much a john carney film it's got all of his themes in there um it's music is at the heart of it it's got a good performance from eve houston as is our as the titular flora uh jgl joseph gordon levitt's in it as well jack rayner of sing street fame and so many other great films and performances he's in this and and i enjoyed it i i think i'm on a similar or i am on a similar feeling platform to jb where i think this is a good film i don't think it's carney's best film i don't think it's his strongest film but it's certainly a a very nice film very decent film it just didn't hit me in the feels like something like sing street did you know i was hooked i was engaged and it worked on so many levels this one did for the most part but i never really felt overly um emotional watching this which is what i kind of want um the next film i saw we're going to speak about next week it's a uh, i believe it's an amazon original called totally killer so i'll save my thoughts about that and the final film i saw is William Friedkin's final film, The Kane Mutiny Court Martial, was out on Paramount Plus now, and it is a uh, a reboot remake, sorry, of of the the Kane Mutiny from uh, decades ago, which is of course also based on the oh. stage play in a book, which kind of comes full circle. One of Billy Friedkin's first films was The Boys in a Band, which was adapted from a screenplay, uh, a stage play in a book. His final film, similarly as well. And I thought this was a really compelling film. It had all the hallmarks of being an absolute bore, of being something which is that it's just it's very it's a chamber piece. You're stuck in one room. You've got actors talking to each other, and they're seated for most of it, and it's just kind of debating and arguing and fact finding. But it's the performances which work really well. It is a dialogue which I think is great, and it's the Friedkin flourishes the techniques that he uses. You know, stat- camera's not doing an awful lot. Doesn't need to, but it's doing it, it's doing 
just what it needs to do to make shots that shouldn't be compelling very watchable uh, and it relies on the strength of his performances and relies on its characters there is no going there there are no flashbacks to what this film is uh talking about what the actual Kane mutiny was we don't see that and i think that's i think that's a very good choice on freakin's behalf that we don't suddenly see like a flashback with a voiceover of what happened you know you rely on your dialogue and its delivery uh and it's got a great ending shot which i think is you know, very sadly, obviously, Billy Freak is not with us anymore. The sad passing recently, but what a final shot to go out on, which just feels indicative of freaking himself. You know, if you're going to go out, that's the one to do it on. Really, really well acted, especially by Jason Clark and Kiefer Sutherland, um, and a great shot for the end. Uh, it, uh, it's not going to be listed in Freakin's top five, I don't think, but that doesn't need to be. I'm just glad that his final film was a very, very solid film, and I know you, you thought similarly Same. as well so that's what i've been checking yeah. out jb what about yourself uh blank check podcast as per usual um whoop, uh last week was uh panic room um as they continue the fincher series i i want it made me want to rewatch panic room so i'm probably going to um i've i've watched a lot of movies so i'm just gonna power through these freelance <laughs> i caught last night at the regal mystery movie um oh. that's the new uh film with john cena allison brie and then a couple of people who are like recognizable, but I don't know by name. Uh, well, Christian Slater, I know by name, um, had a horrendous uh, father and two sons sitting in front of me who no. thought they were in their living room giving me a commentary I didn't order. Oh, I um, yeah, very annoying. But um, surprisingly, uh, Tuna was at a different theater, but we were watching it at the same time because um, Regal does that at seven o'clock, same time kind of thing. And we were, uh, we both kind of clicked with it. We don't think it's a masterpiece. It's like three and a half out of five you know but uh very very enjoyable overall action comedy uh, a lot of charm and honestly cena and brie were not the draws um i i don't know the guy's name his name's his last name's raba i think and he's playing a dictator in this uh south american country and he's just incredible i found him so charming and charismatic um and his character has the most intriguing storyline uh it's not a, again not a perfect movie but i actually i i clicked with it more than i expected to um especially because there was rumor going into the mystery movie that it could be the toxic avenger which i desperately want to see and so i was uh, definitely like freelance had to win me in because i was like it's not toxic avenger i'm sad <laughs> um but, right, I, um... yeah i won't go through everything else but hell house uh llc which is an upcoming film on the bracket um matt have you seen that Yes, sir. Again, saw it when it came out, ah, and the sequel which came out, or the prequel which they sent me oh, the screen the other day. And I need oh. this is so this is the original. There's a new prequel which has come out. I think it's a prequel which I'm yet to watch. But thanks for the screener. Um, so yeah, it's becoming a series or franchise. Well, I hope it's not bad because I really like the first one. Although there's some there's some story things that happen that I I need them to clarify. I'm hoping the sequel maybe does because uh, there's like a whole part where I'm just like you really that movie. It's the second movie on the list that really got to me, though. I found it uh, just the premise of the of the haunted houses. And like I've always said, like, it'd be so easy for something to go wrong at one of these things uh, that the movie just kind of really grabbed me. And I thought some of the framing and stuff, they did a good job of using the mockumentary style. Um, finally watched Ginger Snaps. That has been on my list for a long time. Uh, mm. Was Liked it very much. Um, Daniel Isn't Real, uh, one of Matt's picks. Uh didn't love and i blame patrick schwarzenegger um revenge also wait go back to daniel isn't real um the the lead whose name i do not remember 
feels like a knockoff Dylan Sprouse or Cole Sprouse. Yes. I don't know which one is the good one, but whichever one's the good one, if he had been in it, I think it's a better movie. <laughs> like legitimately. <laughs> um, yeah, not I, that the lead yeah. is bad, but I, I did find Schwarzenegger to be just like real vanilla for the, especially for what that character needs to be. I'm just like, he's, he's kind of boring. Um, I dig Ginger Snaps though. Oh yeah, yeah. I think Ginger Snaps is better, regardless. But uh, I think Daniel isn't real has some really cool stuff in it though. It just it's it feels like it's missing something for me. Uh, revenge, I thought incredible. Uh, it made me. I've avoided the genre of revenge films because most of them start with rape, and I can't. I don't like jumping into movies that I know that's going to be a scene. Um, yeah. This one I had heard was less male gazy, which is accurate because it's a female director um so that's one of the reasons i was like i've th- this has been on my radar and i do think uh it, it's it's pretty impressive it made me want to i like to know where a film comes from and what it's commenting on and since i am very unfamiliar with the genre as i I'm, i've read about it i've not watched a lot of the big films like i've never watched spit on your grave i still don't know if i can i've read too oh, much cool. about it where i'm like i don't know if i can sit through that movie um but I feel like if I'm going to be able to fully appreciate revenge, it would help if I had that context. And I, I don't, um, but I still think revenge is a quite incredible film. Terrified. I already mentioned excellent magic. I mentioned what Josiah saw dead and buried the mortuary collection, the medium all uh, on our list. Um, been busy. Yeah. I've been trying to, I, I have three more to watch. I'm halfway through one. I had to stop. Things got in my way today. Um, but I've got three more total to watch of the 31, meaning the ones I hadn't seen. Um, and so I will have watched a big chunk cause there was a lot I hadn't seen. Uh, I had to do a lot of homework to get this there. Um, I will have seen them all before we vote for them though. Um, and, uh, the last is a film that, yeah, I can't talk about. Um, it's called the mill. It is on Hulu. Now it stars Lil Rel Howery. Um, a couple other people are in it, but I feel like listing their names is a little spoilery okay. because they're not in the movie very much. Um, the mill is a, uh, I think what we're seeing is the result of COVID where we have these isolation films where there's a character who is locked in a space. Um, and I think it's, it's not always a direct result in terms of practicality. Like they had to film this because of COVID, but more like we are writing stories about what it feels like to be isolated or whatnot. Um, I found the mill to be solid uh, specifically. Um, I think the, the things uh, in our society, while it's very on the nose, I still think is very relevant in a good use of the genre. It's kind of sci-fi horror. Um, and I found it overall compelling. I do think Lil Rel Howery, it falls into the, uh, um, um, not Melissa McCarthy so much, but uh, Zach Galifianakis, a little bit of Melissa McCarthy. Um, who, okay. who plays Fat Amy in Pitch Perfect? Oh, uh, Rebel Wilson. Rebel Wilson. Where Hollywood misread audiences' reactions. Like, we see The Hangover, and everyone's like, oh, Zach Galifianakis is so funny as Alan. And Hollywood's like, oh, they want movies where he's the lead? And it's like, no, no. No. That's not what we said. And then we get that Pitch Perfect, Rebel Wilson. Oh, everyone loves her as, as Fat Amy. And also she has a very small role in bridesmaids, but Melissa McCarthy, same thing, right? Melissa McCarthy pops in bridesmaids as a tertiary character. And they try to force really. Now she is very, very talented. They, the movies were, that are not good with her are generally her husband's fault uh, for ben writing Falcone. bad movies. But, but I, I am afraid that maybe little Royal Howery falls into this. I think he's a good 
tertiary character. I don't know that he has the lead potential. Um, there's just something he's, he's a little stronger in it than I think some other examples that I just gave have been, but I, I don't know for sure if he can carry a movie the way that a lead needs to be able to, he does a pretty good job with the mill and it's a challenging one. Cause he is almost everything. Like he's 99% of this movie, but it still feels like just not quite there yet. Um, he's still doing a lot of the shtick stuff that he does as the tertiary comic relief character. Um, yep. that, that doesn't quite work as a leading man. Like it doesn't fully work. I, I mean like Kevin Hart teeters on that, right? Like he's, he's a better, I think supporting character than lead, but he's been able to overcome that. And you're just like, well, he, he makes you accept him as the lead. I, I don't know if, if Howard is going to be able to pull that off, but the mill's worth checking out. If you have Hulu or access to Hulu, it might be Disney plus in the, in the UK. I'm not sure, but, um, I haven't heard of that one. Yeah, I, I reviewed it. My review's up at disappointmentmedia.com. That's uh, Big Tuna's website. Um, it, it, a solid film, though. Um, again, some interesting commentary on capitalism that I, I could not help but support, even though, again, it's it's very, very on the nose. Um, lastly, uh, I caught the Only Murders in the Building finales. Uh, actually, I watched episode 9 and 10 because I was a week behind. Um, love that show. It's fantastic. I can't stress enough how much you should watch it, especially because season 3... <laughs> Paul Rudd, Meryl Streep. I mean, guys, Paul Rudd and Meryl Streep did a, a streaming service TV series. Like, what are we doing? Let's watch this stuff. It's fantastic. Steve Martin, Martin Short, and Selena Gomez specifically. Uh, I have become a massive Selena Gomez fan. Like, I, I think she is not appreciated enough. She is so good in this show. And Steve Martin and Martin Short are fantastic. Like, they're just having such a blast. And you can The chemistry between those three characters has only gelled more and more with each season. Uh, they set up season four in the finale as has been the trend. I am all in. So I, I'm excited for season four. I can't I can't stress enough how good Only Murders in the Building is. If you have Hulu and you're not watching it, shame, shame, shame on you. Check it out. Yeah, that would be me. Shame, shame, shame on you. Shame. Um, well, that's what we've been consuming, folks. But before we leave, before we depart, we have to check in with each other. We have to make sure we're doing everything we can to stay bloody awesome. So, Matt, I need to know, how are you staying bloody awesome? And I have to say, looking at this, the sheet here, this can't be accurate, sir. Well, what, what, what puts you off, JB? Well, isn't FIFA evil and not bloody awesome? <laughs> Yeah, well, the, as an organisation, yes, okay. uh, they very much are. However, mine actually is a bit of a misnomer because it's not FIFA. It's actually EA Sports FC 24, new ah. f- football game. I'm calling it, but I'm not going to pander to your American audience out there. It's a football game, um, not the one where you play call football, but play with your hands. Football. Um, bought that, and I basically, the only reason it's on my list is because um, I worked this weekend, so that's not bloody awesome. But um, I've been playing online with a couple of buddies from work which is making the whole thing a lot more fun i don't really like playing football games by myself it's a little bit lonely it's it's a little i don't know why i can play a call of duty or even then i can't or battlefront and enjoy it a bit more but you know football game you, know, you want to play with your teammates uh so i've been playing with a couple of guys from work and just having fun making it uh, more of a worthy investment and it's also something to do in the evening to uh boost the endorphins and just have a decent time rather than kind of playing by yourself for a couple of hours i know you've done you i know you play online games as well uh jb it's just always a little bit more fun but yeah it's something to pass the time um well now that now that the nights are getting a little bit darker 
things are drawing in a bit. You just play a little bit of football with your buddies. It's uh, it's been good fun. Uh, but what about yourself, JB? So yeah, not not FIFA. They're evil, but the game is good. But what about yourself, yeah. my friend? Um, I am working ahead, as I call it. Uh, I'm I'm oh. in a training course at work. Um, and even like there's things that I have to have done for work. Um, that I'm just like ahead of the game right now, and it feels good um so like this good you know i'm like oh i have all these deadlines but i'm like but i'm like way ahead of the deadline like i'm almost done and it's still weeks out so uh just making sure that you know um I, I, i've had free time and it feels wrong what is that? how i've been able to watch so many movies um i'm not used to having free time um and uh it's nice it's one of the it's one of the reasons i took this job uh if you remember listeners i took a new job a few months uh, a month ago and um there was some some apprehension and some concern and nervousness especially because i've been at my other job for so long and uh while i still miss some major elements of my old job uh one thing that is a welcome change is finding the ability to have me time that uh it's not work being brought home all the time and uh it's it's been very nice um to be able to, to actually breathe and not feel like i'm constantly behind uh, i actually feel like i'm ahead and that's what i mean when i say working ahead i actually feel like i'm ahead and i can pause and be like oh i can actually just have a conversation with the person and not feel like i'm i've destroyed my day because of it so it's it's been a good a good uh realization of the confirmation of the job change Nice, good to hear, my friend. I'm glad to hear that the new job is uh, it's going well and treating you well. It is definitely treating me very well. I still miss my students. Um, if you, if any of you are still listening, thank you for still listening. I, I am, I miss you. Uh, but I, I am. If it makes you feel any better that I left, uh, I am happy at my new job. So, um, yeah, there you go. We'll be back next week, of course, with a new review. This is a, one of the rare times because Matt is not a Swifty. Uh, the big <laughs> yeah, theatrical so release of Friday the 13th is going to be uh, Taylor Swift's era tour because every every studio was like, nope, not competing with Taylor Swift. Um, <laughs> and so uh, we're not reviewing that, even though I will be seeing it on the big screen at least once, maybe more. We'll find out. Will it be my favorite movie of the year? Who knows? Um but Matt, Matt just is like, nope, don't want to see it. I don't oh, enjoy yeah, joy. Um, I don't want to be. <laughs> I don't, I don't want to see the second coming of Christ. Like, listen, I don't. I'm not a Swifty. I'm nothing. I've. I need to say, I'm nothing against her. But yeah, it, I don't want to pay to go and see it. I, as much as I wouldn't go to pay to watch Kiss or the Jonas Brothers or, or any many, many other people. You would if it were Gaga, though. That's the thing, listeners. Oh, Matt is yeah, a huge lady I know what I'm going to get. I'm going to get a quality gig, and I You're actually. Dude. Want, I, I know what the songs are. I know Taylor Swift songs, but I don't want to pay for it. And also, also, my, in reality, the Eras tour hasn't come to the United Kingdom yet, so it would be a spoiler if I watched a show <laughs> first at the cinema. So I'm sticking to that. True story, though. It hasn't come yet, so most people well, will see it for the first time fair, on the big screen. Those those tickets are generally out of our price range. Uh, they're hundred percent. I don't know how people afford to go to the, her concert, so that's why I'm hyped for the theater. I'm like, I'll. I don't know. Last I looked, it was going to be included with our our uh, unlimited, but if it's not, I think I'll still pay for a ticket. But well, I hope um, you enjoy it genuinely. But instead, we're going to streaming for this. We haven't done this in a while. Kind, of, I feel like we haven't done this since the theaters reopened. But uh, we're going to streaming for this week's review. We're going to be watching Totally Killer. Matt said this a, a bit ago, which is now on Amazon Prime. I think everywhere. 
uh, assuming because Matt yeah. watched it. So it has to be at least in the UK and here. So check out Totally Killer. That's what our review will be next week. Um, in the meantime, you can follow us on social media. On Instagram, we're at Bloody Awesome Movie Pod and Twitter. We are at BAMP underscore podcast, B-A-M-P underscore podcast. And you can still find us on Facebook if you search Bloody Awesome Movie Podcast. Um, you can follow me individually at BurkeReviews.com and at BurkeReviews on all the social media platforms. And where can they find you, Matt? You find me WhatIWatchTonight.co.uk and just search what I watch tonight across all of the socials, including Letterboxd. And if you like what we're doing here at the Bloody Awesome Movie Podcast, we ask that you take just a moment, give us that five-star rating on whatever podcast catcher you use to listen because it helps other people find the show. And that is all we are asking for you to do. Just do it. Do it. Do it. With that, we encourage you to keep watching movies. And stay bloody awesome. Blood, 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 blood,